Greetings. Saturday, September 11th, 2021. 9-11, 20 years later. I want to thank everybody for following and listening to the podcast, The Man About Town, which you can find at Anchor, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. There's also a website that links up directly weekly to the podcast released on every Thursday. That's mantecapodcast.com. 20 years ago, 246 people went to sleep in preparation for their morning flights. 2,606 people went to sleep in preparation for work in the morning. 343 firefighters went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift, along with 60 police officers who went to bed waiting to get up for morning patrol. Eight paramedics went to sleep in preparation for their morning shift. None of them saw past 10 a.m. September 11, 2001. A sneak attack from terrorists, 19 terrorists, and a terror network in the Middle East put together and arranged a punch in the gut and death of thousands using our own airplanes against us. I'm going to talk to some Antiquans. There was a remembrance celebration this morning, a 20-year Remembrance celebration today, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I thought about this last night and sent some text out to folks that have been on the podcast in hopes that maybe they would remember. You know, we've, we've got 11 guests so far. We're 11 weeks into our new podcast. I sent out a text last night and asked folks, where, my important people of Manteca, where they were, what they remember. It is a Friday night, so I got a few back, not many. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I went to the celebration today and talked to some very important people, Manteca Chief of Police, uh, others, other police officers, firemen. I was hoping to get the fire department chief, but as we were on the way in to visit the Remembrance, we heard the sirens. We saw sirens first coming up Moffat, saw a police car, got up to the Main Street Yosemite Interchange where the bank is, saw another police officer, then saw an ambulance, full lights, full alert, and coming from center, east on center, and then turned south on Main to come to, we were facing north, so they're coming south, and sort of block there with the way traffic is, the things that split the the medians and the decorations that split the road, going in opposite lanes to weed through the intersection on the way to a call, and my wife goes, oh, I got chills. That's why we're married, I guess, because we think alike. But those two trucks at least had the fire chief on because when I got there, the fire chief was gone. But we, we missed some of the firefighters I wanted to talk to at the Remembrance. But I did talk to some folks, some great, important Manticans. I'm going to play that audio now. I also was the program director at Cat Country 103, the midday announcer. The program director's the boss. I'm the boss. The program director picks the music. Drops music, hires, fires, air personality or DJs, looks over the promotions director and the promotions department and the street team. The buck stops at the program director office. I was the program director at Cat Country 103 on the most important day in broadcast history, 9-11. We didn't know what to do. I'll tell you more with uh, DJ Walker in just a minute. As you listen to the audio, it all sounds very similar. Somebody... Punched us in the eye when we weren't looking. Uh, the messages of unity right after 9-11. Division now. 
You'll hear all those things. I'll play it all for you now as we remember 9-11. You'll remember it from the eyes of a radio program director and your Manteca City officials. My son is a chaplain and recently joined the Army as a chaplain. My son tells me what he remembers. I remember the morning of 9-11, somewhere before 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the sounds of my father exclaiming different explicit words at the television, uh, probably a solid 20-incher in his bedroom um, at the site that he was seeing. The first plane had already hit the first tower, and he was in shock. I remember his hands being on his head as he just kept questioning what was going on. And from then on, the rest of the morning, we were glued to the television, watching it before school. I remember watching the second tower get hit. And uh, I believe both towers even fell before I went into school that morning. So it went from confusion of what had happened into some confirmation of it being a terrorist attack and there was a lot of unknown and and fear in that moment you know news didn't travel necessarily as smoothly as it would today where today we would see live stream video and audio immediately from so many different angles all we would have is four or five camera angles uh that were there from the different news sources and so it was just a a really, really crazy morning. Uh, went to school and like everyone was just aware. I was, man, 12 years old at the time and everyone knew what had happened. Uh, you know, even in California, the West Coast completely separated from any of the danger at that moment, but we were all still pretty scared and worried. Didn't know if someone would just show up at school and, you know, things would get crazy. But um, the rest of the day, different classes in junior high, um, people were flipping on TVs and we were kind of staying up to date on what was happening. Heard about the third and then possibly even the, the fourth plane that almost did some damage. Uh, today, 20 years later, uh, it's crazy. It's revolutionized the world, right? I mean, we have TSA because of what happened 20 years ago. And I know people feel inconvenienced at time having to go through that line and removing your belts and your shoes and whatnot, but it's for the safety of our country because of it. And there was an influx of those that jumped to serve, that went into service um, because of what had happened, because of that loss and because of that attack that took place on American soil. Um... In reflection, I'm thankful for all the people that have defended the country and all the people that responded in that moment. Because whatever the total sum of deaths were that day could have been more if people weren't helping. So thankful to, to all of those people, thankful to call this country home for the way that people banded together and Love my kids. I never want to see them fall victim to some sort of thoughtless violence that took place 20 years ago. Wow, kid. Blow me away with that response. Thanks, Anthony. (laughs) 
My name is Kaylee and I am a wife and stay-at-home mother to three. Um, I am the daughter to the voice behind the Man Around Towns podcast. I was only 10 years old when 9-11 happened um, and I don't have a lot of memory from that morning. Um, I feel like it was such a blur. Um, I, I remember I was in the middle of a dream where I was flying an airplane and I almost hit a mountaintop and then I was awakened by, I think it was my brother, and he told me to come to the living room. And there we sat and watched the news about what had just happened. Um, I remember the, the smoke coming out of the tower. I don't remember the second plane hitting or even the towers coming down. Uh, I'm assuming I was probably getting ready for school at that time. When I went to school, I just remember worriness in the air. Uh, I don't remember TVs being on or watching any updates. I, I remember hearing about the Pentagon, but that was really it. The most vivid thing I remember from school that day was I had a classmate whose mom was on a business trip. Uh, and I can't remember where she was going or if she was on her way home, but wherever it was she was going, she had to fly. And I remember him being just worried about his mom. Um, so yeah, while it's hard for me to recollect the, the moments and memories of that day 20 years ago, 9-11 um, is still one of the most horrible incidents to occur during my time. Um, I watch interviews and documentaries on TV now about that day and how just everyone came together. Um, it was just such a, I don't know. It's still hard to believe that something like that occurred, you know, in our country. But it makes me saddened for those that lost their lives and their loved ones that day. Um, it makes me appreciate my family today. Um, I hug my family every day, just a little tighter sometimes because you just, you never know when a day can just go horribly wrong like it did 20 years ago. Next over to DJ Walker. My son just recollects what I recollect about that morning. And then I had to tend to the radio station. I'm in charge of the radio station. So I got to call the morning show, DJ Walker, who I brought over from K-Wind to Cat Country in the year 2000. So he's fresh in there. Hell, I remember waking up and I went to the restroom. We lived over on Prince Alexander and Modesto at that time. And that's back before I had addressed my sleep apnea and anything used to wake me up. So I would go to sleep with the TV. I don't do that much anymore. I have air conditioner and stuff like that, but I'd wake up to the TV. So I got up at the TV about uh, just after, I believe, the first plane hit. I went to the restroom and I came out and I looked back at the TV and I thought, wow, that's, that's sort of odd. And all I remember was seeing the next plane come into vision and, and hit the second tower the south tower and i went holy my kids were i mean oh two they're 30 now so um you know my i remember anthony's like all i heard was cussing you know and i think I, all I, holy shit holy you know everything i could think of and uh i remember calling the radio station i don't even remember what i said I, i'm not even sure i was just like wow we, we've got something to get on I, I didn't know if you guys were what do you remember about it um 
Well, I remember it was like a Tuesday, like any other Tuesday. We got to the radio station. We're all sitting around, getting ready, goofing off, played the national anthem at five o'clock like we did every single day, you know. And then uh, we're getting ready to do the top of the hour news and Ren's getting ready to do his stuff. And um, uh, God, I can't even remember who it was, if it was Jim or if it was D-Boy at the time. Uh, They walked in and pulled something off the wire that said a plane has hit one of the towers in New York City. So Randy immediately looks at it and he goes, what kind of plane? Small plane, big plane. We don't know what we don't know what's going on. So he's like, I'm not going to go on the air with this and and cry, you know, uh, cry wolf when it was just a small little plane. He he knew. So we knew it's immediately that there was something going on. So we flipped over into the production studio, which was directly across from the on-air studio. And there's a small TV that was in there. And uh, we had, luckily we had uh, direct TV at the time. So we flipped it over to CNN and you could see smoke coming out of, uh, out of the thing. So we're sitting here, we're waiting and we're like, hmm, that's interesting. And as we're standing there, it's me and Rin and Mike McKnight and everybody else is just standing there looking at this and then we see the second plane boom crash and we're like oh my god this is something so we went back in the studio and we immediately just said what happened we said that two planes have hit the world trade center um these are passenger planes we don't have all the details but we're going to get you the all the information that we can and i remember you called right away and then we decided to go take some of the feed from cnn and bring it up to get the details because we didn't have a news service at the time. We didn't have internet that, that provided us anything. We didn't have cell phones that had internet on them. We had nothing. So we just had to go put it on the air for a little while to kind of get a voice of authority who were there in New York City, literally blocks away from this one, what was happening, so we could figure it out. And who would have thought that we would dump programming just like that to air that there was nothing we could have done it was such a numb feeling i remember um, being there and not being able to dispense any kind of information because we didn't know what was happening so i was like well let's turn up the turn up the feed and let's listen to the tv we're not going to do anything that's going to be you know how legal it is for us to pot the tv up and broadcast it over the radio like that but everybody did it and i believe it was capstar at the time i don't think it was i don't think they were clear channel at that point i'm not i'm not sure but uh capstar clear channel would have been sunny 102 and i remember i clipped on sunny 102 and they were in wall-to-wall television and i don't know if they were owned at the time was somebody that had television so they were running tv because it wasn't the tv we were just running but the next day the company arranged a deal with we had the uh i believe it was metro it wasn't metro we were running they offered us a clip they started offering us a news clip to take after that remember we we went we we shut completely down and then as we started coming back up we would we made we got an agreement they told us don't turn up the tv because we can't do that and then they went back and said wow you go ahead and turn up the tv and then they were like oh the next day it was a new feed we had a new feed that we could turn up and and dispense i remember too is like after we had made the announcement that the the planes had hit the tower we weren't quite sure what was going on so uh, we're taking some information from cnn we're putting our own voices behind it and then as we're standing there we saw the first tower fall and we're like, oh, my God. And then, you know, minutes later, half hour later, the second tower fell. And then it was just 
from that point forward, everything was done. There was no music, no commercials. It was all information. And we just, the next day when we came back, we did have them providing some uh, some edited news that was giving us, Clips. you know, uh, literally 30-minute updates on everything right. that was going on. But we knew at that moment that we needed to talk to people in cat country, people in the area, Northern California, about how they were feeling. Because at the, at the time, you didn't know if... Um, you didn't know if San Francisco was next or if Sacramento was next or, you know, we've got naval bases that are ha- that are that are right here. We've got military installations that are right here. We got Travis Air Force Base. We didn't know. We were worried that this was going to happen where we are. And then slowly, as we realized, as they shut down all the planes flying across the entire United States, nothing's in the air anymore. We're like, OK, well, maybe this is a, just isolated to New York. And then the couple of days following that, we realized, yeah, that was that's what it was. When they ground those airplanes, that was a humongous deal. Never happened. Uh, yeah. What'd you tell your kids? They were really little. They were only uh, my daughter. My daughter Kara had just been oh, born. Yeah, okay. uh, no. Um, so yeah, she had just been born in July. Yeah, so nothing. And so she was still an infant, but Cameron and Kristen were three years old. And I told them, I said, something really, really bad has happened. Um, It's not happening here. It's far away on the other side of the country. It's in New York City and it's thousands of miles away. And you're going to hear about it and you're going to see video and you're going to see the news and you're going to hear your friends talking about it and your teachers talking about it or realize we're safe. We're safe here. And we were living in Stockton at the time. Say so we're safe here in Stockton, and that's all you have to know. So I think that's what everybody really wanted to feel was: Are we really safe where we are? And at the time, we were where we were. Um, you know, things have changed since then. Um, but I remember everybody getting mad several days later and wanting to know who was responsible for it. And then all of these conspiracy theories were going out on who was responsible for all of this, and then. President Bush came on television and he calmed the country and told us, we'll find these people and we'll take them out. I promise you. Do you remember we were, I believe headed to lunch. I think we were going to the taco truck or to get us a, uh, hubcap. Oh yeah. The chicken fried steak, big as a hubcap, right? We were driving and we heard the Jesus nine 11 come in. It came out on an email and I believe I sent it over to the radio station. Do you remember the first time hearing that? Yeah, I remember it was, um, yeah, Silent Night, Mannheim Steamroller. And then uh, I forget the the voiceover artist's name, Chris. Um, I forget his last name. And it literally shook you to your core when you heard it. People pulled their cars over on the side of the road and stopped and listened. And they didn't really just hear it. They stopped and listened to every word and took it in because they knew what that meant. And they were, we, and everybody had kind of, you know, come together as Americans at that point. We weren't uh, divided at that part as a, as a country. We were Americans. We were fighting terrorism and we we're fighting other countries who were coming to ruin our country. And then a lot of people turned to, uh, to God because they wanted to have safety and they wanted to have answers. And that sort of answered it. It was a great, it was a great piece. It still is a great piece. It's hard to even hear right there again, DJ. It's six minutes yeah. that you'll never get back, but six minutes to probably needs to happen again. I don't know if you have a copy, if you need, I don't know. Did you guys do something on Friday? Um, we talked about it like we're talking now, what we were doing, where we were at the time, how it felt, what our kids and family felt. 
Um, you know, it was the, the main, the main feeling over everything was I just wanted everybody to know that, um, that this wasn't going to happen where we were. And it was, it was awful that it happened in New York and Pennsylvania and the Pentagon. Um, but you know, we knew that all those brave people that stopped it from going any further and spreading across the country or any other plans that it may have had, they had, or didn't have that weren't going to happen, that we were going to be safe here on the West coast. Um, but still the feeling of, you know, it's like your, it's like your neighbor getting hurt. You know, it's like you, you know, you're okay, but you look over there and you have sympathy and empathy for that person. You feel bad for them. And suddenly you're mad and upset and then you're scared, but that's what we wanted to do. Make sure that everybody who was listening felt safe where they were in their towns. Between politics and religion and how everybody gets. So here we are again at odds again. I hope it doesn't take something like that to happen again i just remember everybody being so together i love watching movies i couldn't watch anything r-rated or violent for a few it was a week or two who would ever think you would feel like that i mean especially i'm like oh it's you know and it was it was difficult man it was just difficult. yeah and i do remember within the coming days after the president went on television and started talking to the country about that i've never seen more american flags being flown from homes from cars on windows from businesses um we were united as a country fighting a common enemy you know that's when we shine our best is when we come together Appreciate you chatting with me about the morning, bro. Hey, again, I'm out here in retirement land. You know, I tune in and I hear you getting up at three in the morning. You ever going to tuck that microphone away or what? Uh, I don't know. It's it's all I know how to do. So if I stop doing it, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I got no I got no plan B, man. I got no plan B. Best employee, best peer, best uh, guy I ever worked alongside of DJ. Uh, Thank you. Let me ask some of Manteca's finest. say you'll never forget where you were when you heard the news on September 11th, 2001. Neither will I. I was on the 110th floor in a smoke-filled room with a man who called his wife to say goodbye. I held his fingers steady as he dialed. I gave him the peace to say, Honey, I'm not going to make it. But it's okay, I'm ready to go. I was with his wife when he called as she fed breakfast to their children. I held her up as she tried to understand his words. And as she realized he wasn't coming home that night, I was in the stairwell of the 23rd floor when a woman cried out to me for help. I've been knocking on the door of your heart for 50 years. I said, of course, I'll show you the way home. Only believe in me now. I was at the base of the building when the priest ministered to the injured and devastated souls. I took him home to tend his flock in heaven. He 
heard my voice and answered. I was on all four of those planes, in every seat, with every prayer. I was with the crew as they were overtaken. I was in the very hearts of the believers there, comforting and assuring them that their faith has saved them. I was in Texas, Kansas, London. I was standing next to you when you heard the terrible news. Did you sense me? I want you to know that I saw every face. I knew every name, though not all know me. Some met me for the first time on the 86th floor. Some sought me with their last breath. Some couldn't hear me calling to them through the smoke and flames. Come to me, this way, take my hand. Some chose for the final time to ignore me. But I was there. I did not place you in the tower that day. You may not know why, but I do. However, if you were there in that explosive moment in time, would you have reached for me? September 11th, 2001 was not the end of the journey for you. But someday your journey will end and I'll be there for you as well. Seek me now while I may be found. Then at any moment you know you're ready to go. I will be in the stairwell of your final moments. Remember, I love you. David Brighton Booker at that time. Uh, I was a uh, firefighter engineer. I was uh, taking my son to his grandfather's. He was going into work and he had the events unfolding on the TV when I walked in. And I asked him uh, initially, is this a movie? And he goes, no, this is the news. And right about then the second plane hit the, the other tower. At that point I knew we were there was something definitely wrong. It was, gosh, you know, you're going in. You have to You go do your job. You know the outcome couldn't be good, but you go in and do your job. They, those guys were probably thinking, hey, we're going to go fight fire. They probably weren't thinking of the building collapsing. They weren't thinking of any of that when they went in. They were just going in to do their job at the time. Thank you, Dave, for your service to our city. I'm uh, Mike Aguilar, police chief from Antica. 
20 years ago, I was away for training for the Manteca Police Department in San Jose. I was for uh, going to do field training officer and they sent me to the school. That morning I woke up in the hotel to get ready for class, turned on the TV and it was uh, pre-attacks. I was just getting out of the shower when I heard a bunch of commotion on the TV and it turned out the commotion I heard was the second plane hitting the tower. Uh, and that's when I learned and saw that what was happening and continue to watch the TV throughout the morning and everything unfolded and it was just unreal. unreal. How did life change that day? A lot of uncertainty, not knowing what was happening and a lot of prayers went out for those that we knew that we had lost when the towers collapsed and when the planes uh, hit. We were uh, consoling each other and turning to each other to kind of make some sense of what happened. There was no sense to be made that day. Just, just only hope and prayers that uh, we could save lives. 20 years later. Yes. What's different today? I think uh, some of the, the spirit and some of the, uh, the pride that we had has been lost. Uh, I think the, the phrase that we need to adhere to was uh, we will never forget. We need to remember that because we already have uh, people that are in college that weren't born yet when the events happened. So uh, I'm just afraid that some of the, uh, the gravity of what occurred on 9-11 is going to get lost on that and how our country stood united uh, during those times afterwards and how we rallied together. I, I just don't want that, that sense of unity to get lost over time. Do you worry about it locally? How does a police chief worry about it locally? Um, well, we know that with terror and threats, they don't just happen in big cities, they happen at local levels. And that's something that our department needs to be vigilant of. And we need to correspond with other law enforcement and federal agencies for being able to pass along information that might result in something where there is a, a plan or intent to inflict damage or harm to others, we don't know. And that's something that we just be mindful of when we're encountering it. Sometimes it may be something that's just harmless and just talk. And sometimes it could be something that could materialize into something big. Thank you, Chief. Identify yourself. Tell me what you were doing 20 years ago. Charlie Halford. Uh I was police chief 20 years ago. I will never forget. I come walking into work because I come. I, I got to work 6.15ish. Walk-in briefing is nobody's briefing because they're watching the news. Yeah, and then uh, we sat there and we saw the second uh, plane hit the second, you know, hit the, the other tower. Is there any kind of communication from a national level to a small town like this? To not, n not really. Everybody was kind of on their own and they were, they were responding. I mean, we, we took, took some action. I mean, we made sure that we had units go by the schools just to give people a sense of security and safety. You know, when they, when they, when they declared the, you know, shut down the airlines, I mean, that was, that was huge. Uh, the first time. You know, it was bizarre. You look up at night and, you know, see no planes in the, in the, in the sky. And then, and, and then the other thing you were doing is you're sitting waiting to see what else was happening. Right. I mean, that's why we, we called a couple people in and, and just to have some extra bodies here uh, in case something did happen. Not that we were a target, but, you know, you just never know. What was the next day like when you came to work? Did the city change in any way under your watch for something like that? Well, same thing. I mean, we, we, we paid, made, made sure that we had, had units go by the schools, go by, you know, the, but wherever you had groups of people. You know, it was very somber and quiet. I mean, people uh, were still reacting to it and still trying to wrap their heads around it. For me, it took a long time to turn the TV back on. Violence and movies, the things I loved watching were just no good at that point. The other sense that we got both locally and you obviously saw it on a national level is it brought people together. Uh, you know, as, as different as we may be, we 
agree on much more than we disagree. If that happened yeah. today, the people that voted for the last president and the people that hated the last president would become one. Absolutely. And that's there's no... Yeah. And it, it's and sad that it takes something yeah. like that, but we, and, we did witness it, didn't we? It, it, no, absolutely. And it's frustrating that in the last 20 years we've, we've become so divided and, and, and argumentative and, and moved to the extremes. Um, uh, you know, when we do share so many common values and, and, and common wants and desires, I mean, we all want to live in a safe place and our families to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. and, and our kids to grow up and be, and be successful. I mean, we all want those things, you know, whether we're black, brown, purple, pink. Yeah. 20 years later. Yep. This morning. Uh, big deal. Yep. How's it feel 20 years later? What do you say 20 years later? That we don't forget, that we remember, uh, and we don't let our guard down. Uh, uh, and that we remember those who sacrificed everything the Todd Beamers of the world that, that took action that, and who knows what that prevented. I mean, we, I don't know that we really know what their target was. Uh, you know, what, it could have been just that much worse. Uh, my name is Chuck Palmer and I'm the father of a, goal, of a son that was killed in Iraq in 2007. Pretty much who I am. We're out here in Manteca. It's the 20 year anniversary of 9-11 and yes. there's a big remembrance celebration going on here. Where were you 20 years ago, Charles? Actually, I was working. I worked for Target. At the time, there were several different events that come around. Uh, I got a call that my daughter was sick at the high school, so I'd left my job and went to Manteca. By the time I got to where my daughter was, I was watching the planes uh, fly into the towers. Was 9-11 a reason he went into the military? I, I think there was another event after that, I'm not sure. He was interested in going back into the Marines because his buddies were going back into the Marines. They were all heading to Iraq, and he wanted to go with them. So uh, he joined. He had to go through the whole basic training thing again. And then uh, the captain that I talked to that was his com commander, he told me that Charles would uh, come to his desk and ask to be uh, get his orders to go to Iraq with his buddies. And, he, and the commander said he did it week after week after week. And he said, I just got tired of him. I just got tired of my game his orders, told him to get the hell out of my office. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how he ended up going over. He, he insisted that's what he wanted to do. How did he leave the earth? Uh, uh, it was a IED under his uh, Humvee. Uh, they were traveling in a convoy and he was a torque gunner and they were heading into Ramada to get some supplies to take back to their base. And uh, so they set the IED off uh, when, his, when his Hummer got there. Now, the rest of the Marines told me the story that they found these guys and uh, took care of the problem. And I asked them, well, how do you know it was the guys? And they said, well, we found their phone and they had filmed it. That was pretty much my son's story. And in 2008, uh, my other two kids came to us, said we got to start shipping uh, packages to our troops. And tell me about that charity real quick. Uh, that charity has uh, got a long name. It's USMC Corporal Charles L. Palmer II Memorial Troop Support Program. And uh, what we do, what we started out doing was just sending care packages to our troops. And that has branched out over the years to now we can help our veterans and we help Gold Star families and uh, individuals like that that need a, a little lift over a hump or something of that nature. How do people contact you if they want to help you out? Uh, the best way to contact us is probably through our email. And that's uh, Corporal Palmer Support at AOL. So that's CPL. P-A-L-M-E-R-S-U-P-P-O-R-T at uh, AOL.com. Sorry about what happened. God bless you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
I'm Glenn Kale. I was in the kitchen watching the television in the family room. I was ironing my shirt for the day. I always wore usually a short sleeve shirt and a tie like my dad did when he went to work. Uh, you got to dress for success, you know. Planes hit the towers. I was shocked, like somebody kicked me in the stomach. 20 years later, how's it feel? You know, it's just this recent time where those of us who are vets, we can be out of uniform and hand salute. That wasn't allowed previously. And I so enjoy when I'm uh, at some kind of a ceremony where everybody has their hands over their, their hearts that I can salute. I'm uh, Stephen Schluer. I'm a police captain for the city of Manteca. What happened 20 years ago? What were you doing when 9-11, when you figured out what was going on? Well, I was at training with uh, Chief Aguilar at the time. We were both training officers, and we were in uh, San Jose. And we, we both woke up and gone and got our, uh, our breakfast down at, down at the cafe area of the, of the hotel. And uh, he had already seen from the TV. He got up a little bit earlier than I did. <clears throat> and uh, we looked up at the, and I looked up at the TV, and... Uh, we were watching it and we watched everything. And then uh, we went, went to San Jose PD and then our training was in the old dispatch center, which was in just like fortified. And so they all, that's where they had us meet for training and uh, we didn't do anything but watch uh, the news all day long. This morning when you got here, 20 years later, as a cop now guarding our city, how's 9-11 feel? It's a good question. Um, I probably would have prepared a speech to talk, but I, I think I would have talked about how um, our, our, our nation uh, came together at a time of crisis and, uh, and, and how at that time, um, you know, we had, we had an enemy, a foreign enemy uh, that had come in and, and uh, attacked our soil, right? And uh, uh, that had never happened where they have attacked us before. Um, and they, they used our airplanes as missiles or as, you know, and so, so that, that's pretty, uh, pretty devastating. And the fact that now, 20 years later, um, our, our nation seems like it's not, it's not um, cohesive right now. It's not together. Um, and it's unfortunate that it takes a tragedy to bring a nation together. It's much similar to families. Families, uh, uh, you, you see your brother and your sister, you may be at odds, but, and your cousins and aunts and uncles, but it, then... Uncle John dies and everybody comes together, right? And it's sad that it takes a tragic event. And I wish that our nation could <clears throat> be more forward and, and, and stay together. But enemy right now though, you could say is the, is the pandemic, right? Is, is the COVID and um, it's, it's killing people. And so, you know, we need to come together as one, uh, not so much, you know, as, as a foreign enemy, but we, we definitely need, uh, you know, our, our nation was so tight and then has gone apart again. And you, sir, a guest on the Manteca podcast, Coach Jack Thompson. I was teaching at Manteca High School, and I was a morning person, so I would always try to get to school at about 6.15, 6.30, even though class started at, at 7.30. And my first stop was always a teacher's lounge. And I went into the teacher's lounge to check my mail, and the only other teacher in there was... Jeff Baldwin, who is very smart, uh, very, very intelligent teacher. He taught astrology, physics, calculus. And he had told me that, that two planes had crashed into the north and 
South Tower, the World Trade Center, and it was just kind of uh, just a surreal atmosphere. You don't think of those things happening in the United States, and and I was just taken taken back by the whole situation. And then just a little bit later, at about I think it was 7 a.m., the the South Tower collapsed, and it was just um, just numbing. That you you didn't know what to think. You couldn't believe that it was really happening. And and then I remember going to my classes that morning with the students, and and we had TVs in our room, and we really kind of. Uh, didn't, didn't pay attention to the lessons of the day. We, we kind of watched TV and discussed it, and, and it was really, I think, an eye-opener, not just for me, but also for my students. And last week's guest on the podcast, Dave Soweth. 9-11 started out as a pretty average day until I turned on the morning news at 6 a.m., and that's when I saw the information on the World uh, Trade Towers. I was looking at it, and at first, I thought I was seeing something that was made up. I was pretty much in full disbelief, and I don't know how much of that disbelief was created by shock, created by wonderment, or thoughts on why would somebody do that as an accident, if nothing else. And that's when I found out that it was deliberate. As I watched that first plane come in, I knew it was deliberate. Then I saw the second. As things began to mount, I saw the other two planes, the one headed to D.C. that eventually crashed into the Pentagon, and the one that crashed into the field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. I just had a greater sense of disbelief. I just didn't know. I just couldn't fathom that somebody would do that, regardless of what it was. Why would somebody do that? It it makes no sense. It still doesn't. And as I look at it, I think of the wonder, the consequences, and how many people just perished and the futures and the contributions that they could have made and wondering why somebody would betray their people to create a scene like that I just still don't understand 20 years later I am still in disbelief I just simply can't follow the phrase, a willing suspension of disbelief. I saw the reality. I don't know what else to say. Our local boy, Jim Anderson, who is a former law enforcement officer, week two guest on the podcast. I can remember specifically what I was doing the day that this horrific tragedy happened. I was lacing up my boots to go back on my first shift at the Sheriff's Department in over a year. I had been injured in the line of duty 
and received multiple surgeries and they medically retired me. I fought that like a madman because I missed what I did and I loved what I did. So that morning, I was so excited to return to duty and I was sitting there in my chair, lacing up my boots, eagerly, eagerly waiting for the time to come that I could hit the door running and get back in my patrol car and then soon after back to detectives. Well, I sat there and watched the TV as the first plane hit and I was absolutely mortified. I, like many others, thought at first it was an accident. And then when that second plane hit, I literally dropped my boot and stared with my mouth open, I'm sure. And my eyes welled up with tears. I actually ended up being late for work on my first day back because I was absolutely mortified what had happened. But that's where I was at. I'll never forget it. God bless everybody we lost, all their families, their friends, and all those heroes that we lost and all of those that are still alive. God bless every one of them. All right. So it was a crazy time. Appreciate everybody uh, listening to this podcast, The Man About Town, Mantika, at mantikapodcast.com. I'll finish with a couple tribute songs. Daryl Worley's Have You Forgotten here on The Mantika Podcast. people say we don't need this war but I say there's some things worth fighting for what about our freedom and this piece of ground we didn't get to keep them by backing down they say we don't realize the mess we're getting in before you start your preaching, let me ask you this, my friend. Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside. It took all the footage off my TV Said it's too disturbing for you and me It'll just breed anger That's what the experts say If it was up to me, I'd show it every day 
Some say this country is just out of looking for a fight. Well, after 9-11, man, I'd have to say that's right. Have you forgotten how it felt that day? Be safe in your 9-11 weekend. This is Where Were You, Alan Jackson, and the Man About Town podcast. Thursday will feature GK music proprietor Gordon Kennedy, the music man. That's this Thursday on the Man About Town podcast. Like, share, follow, support my tribute to Manteca. And I thank you. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Were you in the yard with your wife and children or working on some stage in L.A.? Did you stand there in shock at the sight of that black smoke rising against that blue sky? Did you shout out in anger and fear for your did you just sit down and cry? Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones Pray for the ones who don't know? Did you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble And sobbed for the ones left below? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue and the heroes who died just doing what they do Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer And look at yourself and what really matters I'm just a singer of simple songs I'm not a real political man I watch CNN but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in Iraq and Iran 
So the show is called the Man About Town Podcast, Mantika, and my name is Aaron Goodwin, also known as Randy Bubba Black. I do it in order to set a time in history. You make sure you add our page, subscribe to our feed, share, tell a friend, find us exclusively on Anchor Podcast. I promise you a great guest every week for the next year, and I thank you for today's listen. The podcast is sole property of Aaron Goodwin. It may not be reproduced or distributed without written consent. All music used in the podcast is utilized and covered by fair rights usage. Mantikapodcast.com.